show where we talk about video games because we all like like talking about video games. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. And this episode is brought to us by me, Undies. I will talk a little bit more about that Woo! in uh, in a bit, but thanks very much for girding our loins and sponsoring our show. And uh, we're it's kind of a recovery week for us, I think. We just are all back from uh, RGX in, here in Austin. We're getting back into the swing of things, so uh, going to keep it a little bit simpler, but there are a couple things I want to talk about. First of all, lots been happening in the news. Also, I want to set aside some time to talk about... Battlegrounds? Uh, no, no, not about Castlevania. Oh, okay. Castlevania. I mean, that's an old game. All right, hold on. <laughs> can we? Can we? We need to turn this into a drinking game. Battlegrounds. It's, like, is the it's new a new Hearthstone. Game. Oh God. Oh God. Anyway, here, tell us about your Battlegrounds. They're going to be then adding we'll, then we'll first-person servers for wow, hard mode. Wow, that's really going to change the dynamic of everything. Will. It's going to change everything. You yeah. can, we can already create custom matches in first-person view, but they're going to officially roll it out uh, in the next monthly update. It makes it more challenging. It. it makes it much more challenging, much it, more difficult. Rooster Teeth's been getting pretty good mileage out of the custom server. Oh, yeah. Seems we use like, it all the time. Uh, yeah, uh, Adam Baird's using it a bunch. Bernie's using it a bunch. You're using it a bunch. It seems like uh, everyone who... Uses it too. Oh, we'll just tweet out. Here's a here is the game, and it immediately fills all the way up, yeah. which is awesome. So it's good to see so many people enjoying it. My so favorite much. is trying to come up with the passwords for them. I used Trogdor yesterday, and I was very happy. Saw that. Did anyone get it? Yeah, John Reisinger didn't know what Trogdor was. What? Yeah, I was very surprised. Well, that's why he doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> um, I'm I'm back on the Persona bandwagon. So really? hard. How many hours are you in that? Um, well, hundred and. I don't know, 110? Damn. 115, Shit, something like that. And it's a, it's a problem, too, because uh, I recognize that I'm about to do something really stupid. Like, uh, I'll be playing, it's 11.30 uh, p.m. I know I have to get up early in the morning and wash my hair and do stuff and be a human. And I think to myself, yeah, but if I just start the palace. And then it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm just begging for a safe room that I can save and go to sleep. It's awesome. I'm having a good time. So that's, that's my Hearthstone right now is Persona 5. But I'm getting really close to the end. I've passed the part. So when Persona 5 kicks off, it basically starts you in the future and then it's all flashbacky. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm up to current now. Okay. okay. So, yes. So I am also flying blind here and are it's you, very are you exciting. Are the don't stream date yet? What did they change that to? Was, they changed that to November or something. July. They changed it to November 8th or something Yeah, like that. Uh, no, I'm at the end of October right now. Oh, right. you're getting close. So, yeah, like, I'm yeah, just to that point. Happen. But apparently, yeah, there's going to be some crazy twists and turns coming. Uh, honestly, the, the streaming restriction, I totally understand that from a, a content creator perspective, you don't want to have limits on that because if you start a game, sometimes you want to play all the way through it because you're playing through it with to get the experience of, and with yeah. a lot of the viewers. Like when I played through Bioshock, I streamed the whole thing because I felt bad not streaming the whole thing, if that makes right, sense. Right. Like I was leaving people hanging. But also, I'm 100 <laughs> hours in and I'm not to that point yeah. yet. So the update, I'm kind of okay. The updated date is actually November 19th. November 19th. Okay. So I'm still a ways off that. It's really just don't show the finale. Right. Uh, I started playing uh, Edmund McMillan's new game. Uh, the guy who made Super Meat Boy and um, Binding of Isaac. It's called The End is Nigh. And? 
It is, so on, on its surface, it appears to be like basically Super Meat Boy 2. Um, but then I went and read the Reddit comments before I played it and they're like, it plays totally different. Uh, and then I went and played the game and it's totally Super Meat Boy 2. Really? Um, yeah, uh, the, the, the major difference being in Super Meat Boy, uh, his, the, the way you controlled him was he could like jump on walls and infinitely jump up those walls and you could slide mm -hmm. down walls and things like that and then jump off them. In this game you can't do that. You can only jump to ledges and hang off of ledges. Um, and I actually... So are there ledges everywhere? And they add ledges. They add like little hooks on the ledges uh, all over the place, which is a weird. It makes it harder in some senses because sometimes getting down onto those ledges can be a little tricky. Uh, but it, it also like, it doesn't, I don't know if that mechanic is as fun as just like having, like you can also hang off ledges infinitely. I don't know if having that mechanic is as fun as like timing so you can like slide up and down the ledges and jump infinitely so then you time your jump. Because it, it feels like you're more fighting like the the grab point rather than like the actual platforming of the game, I but see. it's fun. It, it is almost identical to Super Meat Boy in terms of structure. Um, in Super Meat Boy, there's like an overworld map that you go level by level with. This one, it, does, it has a map, but it's not. You never leave uh, the game itself. It's just a left to right progression, basically. There are secret levels to find where you can go up and stuff, and the collectible is tumors. Uh, Great. Yeah. Sounds uh, um, wholesome. It is like it is blisteringly hard though. Uh, well, I would expect nothing less. Right. I'm not that far into it. I think I played like two and a half hours, and there have already been stages that I spent 25 minutes on or something like that. But it is it is a lot like Meat Boy in that you spend 20 minutes beating your head against a level, and then you beat it, and you're like, yeah, I did it. And then you get to do another hard level. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. If you like platformers, I can recommend it. Even, but you just expect Super Meat Boy pretty much. Uh, the one thing I will say is the jumping. There is a, a short jump by tapping A and a long jump by holding A. And there's some jankiness with the long jump, I've found. Like, if you're not, it doesn't register a hold if you don't, like, if you hold it too late or something like that. It, it's, a little, it's a little janky, but good game. I can recommend it. And what, what's it on? Is it just PC right, right now? Right now it's just PC, but I think it's coming to Switch eventually. Okay. And probably other consoles, I would assume. Super Switch and PS4. Done. But Switch no, and PS4. Yeah, there's okay. no announced release date for that yet. Yep. All right, roger that. Uh, speaking of... I feel of like we're at the restaurant and the... Just you know what? Stop putting your elbows on it. Don't you don't you don't need to rock the table, Gus. She he hates that voice. <laughs> I want to put my elbows on it. <laughs> uh, the uh, speaking of Switch though, there is um, Splatoon Two is coming out. Mm -hmm. Nintendo actually sent us a couple codes for it, Ooh. so uh, I've been playing through it. And Gus, you've been playing through yes. it a little bit too. Uh, there's we well, talk very little about. Yeah, there are there's some embargoes. What? There's different embargoes for different. T dates and times, and but we can talk about some of this the, the single-player campaign, which is actually one of the things that I was excited to get into in any case because Splatoon didn't have an or didn't have a campaign. It did. So it did. Yeah. It did. It had a it had a, I wouldn't say it was a great campaign. It was very much a here are some levels we threw together. It is mostly a setup for 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 multiplayer. Uh, it was pretty short. The, I will say the end boss of that game was really cool, uh, but also a pain in the ass. What is this one like? It's uh, very similar, actually. Uh, it's a, there's a lot of traversal. Cool. It's, uh, it's very similar to the, uh, the way the campaign is set up, uh, at least in the beginning. All I've seen is the beginning part, okay. and that's all we can talk about. I only played up to where we can talk. That way I know I'm not going to screw up and, uh, and say anything I can't talk about. But uh, so far, what I've played in the campaign makes me think a lot of the Splatoon, original Splatoon campaign as well. It even works kind of the same way where you like go into the, like, the pipe. Right. And you, then, like, is, the is, so it has that, like sort of quote-unquote hub in in the okay 
Uh, I don't know if you can say, do you have any gauge on how long the levels are compared to Splatoon 1? The levels so far, uh, it tells you how long it took you to complete the levels. Uh -huh. And we can talk about the first three. And I believe my, my time at the end of each of those levels was between 8 and 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're not, um, they were a little bit longer for me because I'm, I'm not a Splatoon veteran. Uh, veteran. <laughs> so uh, it took me a little bit longer to get the hang of things and get through it. Uh, I will say that once I switched to playing handheld mode instead of trying to do the motion controls uh, separated from the Switch itself, I got way better at it. I hate the motion controls. I know pro Splatoon players will be like, this is the only way you can play and be good, but honestly, man, it's just such a pain in the ass I'll, for me. I'll do motion controls when I'm holding it in handheld, but when I'm on TV, like, I can't. I, I, I disable that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, that kind of makes me want to go back and play the original Splatoon. Now, maybe it's maybe I'm getting mixed up that it didn't have co-op. It definitely didn't have co-op. That's for sure. I don't know this Because I remember the, the the main draw of the original Splatoon being the multiplayer, uh, and by that point I had put my Wii U away somewhere, yep. uh, and I just it, it wasn't getting dug back out. So um, I gave that one a skip. But maybe I'll go back now because. Was, I really was, like what I've played good, of the campaign so far. It was a good single player. I mean, that Splatoon was my definitely my top Wii U game. This boss battle was really fun, except it was like a 15-minute boss battle. It was so long. There were so many phases, but it was really cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited. You guys can't talk about multiplayer, I assume? No, uh, not yet. yet. But uh, I do like that you can, the options to designate motion control, there's separate options. Like, use motion controls when in handheld mode, use motion controls in TV, so that way you don't have to constantly go in and switch it on and off. Are you playing with a pro controller? Yes. How was that? It seemed fine. Uh, so the problem I had last night, uh, I, only, I only got to play it last night, was my pro controller was dead. Shit. So I was having to plug it in, so I had to be really close to the TV. So it wasn't ideal, and you really don't get the full motion experience. I'm going to try to play it again tonight once it's fully charged and, uh, and see how Are you goes. going, I mean, are you going to use motion control? I feel like I can see the argument for it, and I can see why it would help. I think there's a lot more finesse and a lot more like quick aiming with motion control, so I'd like to try to get yeah. get better with it. I, I like to use, the way I'm oh. trying to use the motion controls is a little bit closer to how I did them in Breath of the Wild, which is I try and keep it still so I don't affect them too much when I'm just like running around, but right. to do like do fine tuning on aiming, if I like get close and then just like tweak it up and then I can hit something pretty quick. That, that's the, I think that's where it. That's where I'm settling up. into. It, it's like it, it don't, it's only motion controls for vertical, right? Like left and right is still thumbstick. Um, uh, no, it does. No, can, it does some, but it's not going to. Okay. It's remember, not going to get you all turn, the way around. You would still like turn, right. but like for that, I think that's where my disconnect is: is trying to make my mind get around thumbstick for left and right, and aiming mostly is is motion control. It's weird, mm. but uh, maybe I'll keep trying it. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think the big development everyone's excited about Splatoon Two is Callie and Marie are gone, replaced did you, did you by Callie and Marie. No, I like Callie and Marie. Okay, but they're replaced by Pearl and Marina, and Marina's an Octarian. And the Inklings and the Octarians have been at war for many years, and I still don't understand why there's an Octarian. So this is touching them. on like racial tensions and things like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just just uh, weird They're within the Splatoon world. I, I'm uh, really curious. In, in the first Splatoon, there were some major issues, uh, specifically like every week they would update that game, mm -hmm. and you'd get a little news post, and it would tell you couldn't skip the news post. So if you were gone for like a month and you came back, you had like 20 minutes of news posts to sit through before you could play the game. Does that still happen? Well, we don't know. The game okay. hasn't launched. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, there was a news post. It's handled very similarly where uh, they come on and they tell you what maps are in rotation. 
uh, but that's it. But yeah, the game just like it's like here's what's ranked right now. Here's what like here's this. Here's a weird gameplay tip, and then they push off. I'm excited. I'm really that, I'm really excited for that game. Mm -hmm. We play the crap out of it. We should play together. Kill some stuff. Absolutely. Why don't we do a launch day stream? Let's do it. All right. When does it come out? Twenty first. Yeah. That's uh, next week. Next Friday. Great. Perfect. Plan on that. Yeah. Um, and then we can we can I think the full embargo lifts on like the eighteenth or something, so mm -hmm. we can talk about it more in depth on next week's episode. Um, so that'll be really fun. Uh, but maybe we should talk about the stuff that we set aside time to talk about. Let's talk about first of all the news. All right, so a couple of news items this week. Uh, it is summer, so there's not a lot of like crazy huge releases or anything happening, but um, there was a price drop for the Oculus Rift. Yes. So it dropped by $200. It's down to $400 now it's, with, it's actually, with, with the touch controller. With the touch controllers, yes. So that bundle would have been $800 uh, because $200 for the touch controllers. Right. So now it's $400, but it's temporary. I, don't, I wonder why they did it. It's, it's awesome. for six weeks. Yeah. Well, it's a they, long, it's a long price yeah. drop. I mean, it, it may be attempting to boost hardware sales, that sort of thing. I would think it would work because that's the price has come down enough that it puts it on level cost-wise with PlayStation VR. Right. But it's a it's a higher end solution. A PC. Oh, I, I, I guess, I'm sorry. I guess the Rift in Touch was only 600 before. I guess they must have reduced that at some point. They, they had a early, they had a price reduction back in March, I think. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but the comparable PC to run VR still costs more than a PS4. It does, is, yes. Is but if you have a PC, this makes the barrier to entry a lot lower mm -hmm. now. Uh, so if you don't have VR, it's not it, like it doesn't seem quite as as expensive to get into. So that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm still not sure there's a killer app for it. I almost yeah, I think so. it would have been helpful for them to to wait. I mean, I, I, I thought this really promo pretty. that we had here was actually a pretty good one because they showed a lot of actually really good titles. But once you go through those, I think you're yeah. you're in the kind of some blend. stupid part of my brain wants to buy this because I already have a Vive and I don't use it a lot because it's a pain in the ass to hook up and get sweaty in. But like kind of like some part of me wants to to buy this just to have it. Why? I don't know because it, it, I wouldn't have to use Revive to play fucking Oculus games. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, mean, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but, the, yeah. save the four hundred. Tell you what, give me two hundred bucks. Okay, <laughs> they did. Uh, they did just release a game called Gorn on. Uh, oh, I saw that on Steam, which is a gladiator physics-based fighting game, and actually it's pretty awesome. Like you can grab any weapon, like just grab them, and you can like grab people and rip them. Up. You can grab people and rip them apart and things like that. It looks pretty great. I mean, I still don't think there's a killer app for it, but there still are fun think, games. Yeah, I think, you know, the Rick and Morty virtual reality experience is pretty good. Um, Job Simulator, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. I would love Elite to Dangerous is not a game I would recommend. What? <laughs> well, it's because it's so intimidating in VR. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, like, like, it's like, awesome. It's just maybe not newbie-friendly. And on yeah. top of the headset, then you got to buy, like, a Hodos setup, and that's, like, another couple hundred bucks. But it's, isn't it the fucking most immersive, amazing it's thing ever? It's great for a very small number of people yes. who are into that kind of it, thing. It, honestly, if you want a tech demo of the Vive to anyone, like, put an AC in front of them, grab a Hotas, and play Elite Dangerous. It's unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah, I wonder though if uh, so because yeah. right now it does seem like VR's not, it's not the darling that it was, um, and part of the challenge is probably the the barrier to entry, which is the cost. So that's now coming down to the point where more people can get into it. But I wonder if it's going to take more self-contained units. 
Yeah. Like uh, not necessarily like PC self-contained, but like wireless or something. Uh, and well, all like ones where you don't have to have lighthouses set up around your rooms. You don't have yeah. to have a plug coming off the back of your head to, that leads to the PC. If you can get a wireless self-contained one, that I, I, I think, think I might think take is, it into a usable a version. Problem. Also, I, I, I definitely like for me, I have a problem with overheating. Like it, it's hot in those things. Mm. Like I sweat naturally as it is, so putting one of those on for the first like. 20 minutes, I have to take it off and wipe off the lenses because they get too foggy, like, but I don't, I don't know, like, there's never a time where I put on my Vive and I'm not still amazed, because it's, it's amazing technology, and it works so well, and I think that's, I think that's why people are still holding on, because it's so great. Yeah. Uh, there just hasn't been a lot of giant AAA games for it, or any. Well, it can be difficult to sell VR to someone who's never used VR, because it's difficult to really explain the impact of, you put the headset on, and you're not in this world anymore. Yep. Like, you're standing there looking like an idiot. You don't care because you're not here right now. Uh, there's, and I think that's part of the problem. And I think the other part of the problem is all the headsets they sell in, like, Walgreens now. Like, just, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, just, like, like drop your phone in it, and it's VR, oh, it's, and it's, it's, it's not. not a great experience. But people may think that that's VR. Even, I mean, yes. I think there's, like you said, there's a, a promotional problem. Like, even that trailer for Gorn that we watched, I don't think was very good because it, it has a very clear distinction between virtual reality and then real world consequences. Like they try to make it funny, right? Like you don't care about the real world because you're fighting, so you're like trashing your room. But it doesn't show the person in the virtual space. Right. It's also it's also hard to show off games like Gorn because graphically they look kind of bad. But what you don't, what a lot of people don't know, is that when you put on a, a VR headset and you're in the game, graphics don't matter as much because you're just existing in that world and like. A lot of games would be trash if they weren't VR, but because they're VR, way better. Like, look at Arizona Sunshine. Mm -hmm. The game is not really that good of a game, but because you're in it uh, and you're interacting with the world and it feels so immersive, like, it becomes a good game. It's a, it's a, weird, it's a weird shift and, like, it's hard to show those games off in trailers, period. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, at, well, thanks to all the money you can, you're saving on your new Oculus, you can spend it on ARK Survival Evolved. Oh, God. Are we talking about that? We are. So they, um, ARK Survival Evolved is, um, it's been in early access for a couple of years. They're getting ready to go to their full launch. Uh, and it's been, it's been sold for $30 throughout, throughout its early access life cycle. But now, bam, 60 bucks. And while there, there's, a, there's a lot of outrage here, sort of on both sides. There's outrage and there's people that are upset that anyone is upset. Because on the one hand, it's pretty common for early access titles to increase in prices. They come out of early access. And so everyone says, why would you be upset about this? Why is this a surprise? On the other hand, you have a lot of people saying it's nowhere near ready for launch yet. $60 is an insult. Uh, and also the developers are essentially blaming it on retailers. They're oh, saying, right, right. They're saying uh, the retailers are forcing us to have price parity, uh, otherwise they won't stock us, And so, which, I mean, it's, it's true. It's one of the reasons that, uh, that they... you find a lot, why a lot of digital titles are sold at the same price as retail games is because a lot of, like, game publishers aren't ready to cut the tie to physical retail yet, and so the retailers have that sort of power over them to say, we won't stock your stuff if you sell it cheaper digitally. Right, but there are games, especially that I've seen a lot with the Switch that come out and there's a 10 or 
mostly $10 price discrepancy. Uh, and, and a lot of times they'll skirt that by being like, oh, well, you get the soundtrack and you get the, if you get the physical version, which is a, a smarter way of doing it. That way, like, you can keep the digital price lower. And if you really wanted to get a physical copy, then you get something a little extra. Hey, look, um, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, launching August 22nd, $39.99. GameStop.com. Yep. So Physical disc in a retailer store. They're saying, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, they're, they're saying that the retailer is forcing them, the physical retailers are forcing them I guess, I guess for a price parity. Price parity for the, yeah, I guess, I guess this doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any it's, sense. Yeah, I just, I don't like blaming it on the retailer. Just say, we're selling this a so, full retail game. This is what, so there's, on the one hand, I feel like it's a kind of a, it's a sidestep excuse. They're trying to blame shift mm -hmm. and I'm not buying it. Uh, second of all, that it's double all at once. Again, right. it is common for early access games to increase in price. Usually what they'll do is they'll they'll start out and they'll mm -hmm. yeah, they'll increase in price throughout their early access lifespan and they'll they'll get up to the point where they're like, hey, we're ready to go, and then they have their final one as they launch. So but this it was like it's a it's a double. That's rough for a lot of people. Well, two questions. Okay. One, did they warn their user base? Yes, they did warn their user base. By how, how long? Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago in June. They made the announcement that they were going to be increasing the price. They didn't say what they'd be increasing. So it, it to. wasn't like it was just like people assumed. Ah, oh, like yeah, 35, 40 bucks. All right, I understand. The other question is, what is what is 1.0 going to look like? Have they, have they put a roadmap out for that? How is their game going to be different? Uh, nope. They're going to continue making improvements. Uh, cool. They've done that for but, fucking two years now, and it still sucks. Yeah. There are a lot of people that say it's nowhere near ready for retail release. In fact, um, Dean Hall, the, oh, the guy yeah. who made Daisy, he's really mad about it. Uh, he's like, he's like, this is <laughs> of all people outrageous. To be, of all people to be up in arms. This is greed, pure and simple. Well, his philosophy is that games should stay in early access until they're ready for launch. Hence, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, he doesn't work on DayZ anymore, just for the record. Right, also, he does not. Also, to Dean Hall's credit, he did release, he released an early access game and then completed it and pushed it to full release uh, for Revive. It was called uh, Out of Ammo. Out of Ammo. It's a good game. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a cool yeah. concept, too. So, people are generally upset about the whole ARC thing. The, like, this title has had a lot of missteps with its community, I think. Uh, the first one the, being that the they DLC. had their paid DLC while it was still in early access, which, you know, they said, oh, no, we've had this separate team over here all along. We definitely did not divert resources from developing the game and fixing all this stuff and adding the promised DirectX 12 support and so on and so forth. Uh, we, we, you know, it just, this was always the plan, and that's sort of their... Their thing, their explanation for everything is this was always the plan. So you can see uh, Dean Hall's uh, tweet. Just so we're clear on my opinion, the price increase for Arc is star, 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 starting outrageous. He can curse on the internet. I hope he knows that. Yeah, I think he's saying hecking. Hecking outrageous. <laughs> uh, um, so I just I don't buy their reasoning, and I think that's one of their big problems. Yeah. Especially because the with the DLC thing, it was so conveniently timed to oh no they. Settled. They had to settle their lawsuit mm. with, uh, with was it, trendy? They had to settle. Um, there was a, a concern that the um, stolen IP or uh, yeah, the, uh, the violation the, of a non-compete. Yeah, it was a violation of a non-compete because um, 
uh, Susan Stiglitz's husband previously worked for this other studio. Um, he signed a non-compete, and they were saying that he was helping them on the down low and violating that. So they ended up settling this lawsuit out of court for uh, $40 million, which she DM'd to a fan. Um, yeah, I think it was only about so forty million. Like that's a huge fucking. Well, apparently number. they wanted like six hundred million, Jeez. but settled for forty. Um, so it's it's a shame because Ark is a game that I want to get into, but I've been waiting for a couple of years because it seems like it has a lot of issues. I was hoping that with launch it'll be well, fixed and it'll be playable. There is still no uh, DirectX 12 support. Mm. If that gives you any indication, tons of performance issues and glitches. It has come a long way. It has, but. Uh, I think it still, in a lot of ways, does feel like a beta, mm. and that's another reason that people are not happy with the, with doubling the price. We'll find out August 8th. Guess so. All right, um, moving on to, because we're talking about Steam and everything anyway, Steam bans. Steam has just done their biggest ban sweep mm -hmm. uh, ever. It was 45,000 accounts they banned the day after the steam sale ended. yeah oh get that money <laughs> yeah mind you and i want to be clear about this um they're not like banned from steam they're vac bans right so um, they play multiplayer yeah games. they're cheated so so they're um you know it, there's some confusion about how bans work with steam if they're vac bans like that they don't take away your library they don't stop you from playing all these other games but you're not allowed to play on uh vac servers in, in these games. And you also can't um, trade or sell uh, stuff anymore in Makes your inventory. Sense, yeah. Right, so uh, basically what, I guess what happened is they waited and everyone could buy these super cheap copies of CSGO and then they just banned all their accounts. So they can't trade them away to their dummy accounts now. Well, I wonder how that works because you can't, I think they took away Steam inventory. Right. So you couldn't bank a bunch of copies of stuff because I used to do that with Terraria. I would just buy. A what bunch what of a lot of cheaters Terraria. do is they buy the game, they spin it up to test a lot of like their hacks and cheats and whatnot, mm -hmm. and then after that they're kind of just done with it and they can. Okay, so they make an account. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just to test, and get banned. Yeah. So I think um, this was a little bit weird in that uh, it. It's a tricky thing to figure out, like, what's the exact right way to do, what's the best way to approach this? Because on the one hand, it means that uh, with Valve letting, like, basically waiting and saying, yeah, go ahead, buy all the copies you want, and then banning people, it, they're profiting off bad behavior it, to some degree. Like, they're waiting and saying, yeah, buy your copies, and then we'll lock you out, which isn't great. But on the other hand, if they had banned them sooner, then people would still be able to just make up their new account buy copies cheap on the Steam sale and continue as is? Right. I mean, it kind of, they're going to do band waves no matter what. So if it's a day after a sale or if it's two months after a sale when no one will put those two things together, like, if you just wait, then yeah, people are just going to play with cheats. Yeah. So. I guess the, like, what I would have liked to see them do is do a band wave before the Steam sale mm -hmm. and then follow up the band wave after the Steam sale. But waiting and just saying like yeah you know i feel like they were um none is it like entrapment is that the word uh is it entrapment don't I don't, don't i'm don't not cheat. sure don't 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 cheat don't no, violate that's, the, the eula <laughs> that's the thing is it's difficult to have too much sympathy for the people affected right. because they're cheaters and no one likes cheaters don't be bad but it would be nice to see a solution that doesn't involve valve letting people pay them in order to continue the cheating culture sure 
I don't know. I mean, you, they got to do it at some. It's also like sometimes. But there's also like a good example of like a harsh punishment to try to put a stop to it because, like, a bunch of cheaters bought a bunch of games and then got banned and ruined their fucking day, which is great because now they'll think twice before everyone jumping yeah. on that train. Yeah, because even if they banned them before, they're, they're still going to set up the dummy accounts, like Ben was saying, and they still have to ban them immediately after rather than letting right. them wreak havoc for a couple months. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think I'm okay with it. All as long right. as Valve decides to make games again one day, please. <laughs> well, please. they they did update Half-Life. I saw that. There was a Half-Life? I didn't hear, didn't hear about they that. They updated the original Half-Life. Why? So, no one knows. No one knows. Ben, do you want to look up the details on this one? This is a, uh, right uh, a Half-Life 3 confirmed uh, issue. Well, it makes me... the. It could be because they updated something that would then be useful in like the you know original Counter Strike or. Here's the you want, you want the patch notes? I got yes. them. Yes, let's look at the patch notes. Fixed crash when entering certain malformed strings into the game console. Fixed crash when loading a specially crafted malformed BSP file. Fixed malformed save files allowing arbitrary files to be written to the game folder. Only two more. Fixed a crash when quickly changing weapons that are consumable. Fixed crash when setting custom decals. So it just says they fixed some crashes, but... After 19 years? I don't... They're still uh, on top of things. At this point, everyone's got to be data mining and combing through the game to find something, right? Everyone, at this point, how could you not assume that they've inserted some teaser or, this is, this is or the ARG, ARG or something into this old game yeah. to get ready for, if not... If not Half-Life 3, because let's be honest, it's a joke at this point. Uh, maybe another game set in that universe or something, some sort of tease. Some, I just feel like it's weird to patch this old game out of the blue. That's it. That's, so, yeah. that's really all it's, I got. It's the first time they've updated Half-Life in four years. I mean, it's, I... It's, 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 right. it's Valve, man, you know? I know, I know, but it just, I feel like they their troll game is at such a high level these days that they could they could do that, that like everyone's going to be looking for this, and they're, they could just be sitting back laughing. Hey, uh, hold on. I think I see, there's something weird here. So I think the last time they released an update was September 9th, 2013. And it was a beta update. Half-Life 1 beta updated. We released a beta update for Half-Life and associated games. The changes in this update are fixed crash and loading maps with malformed entity data. So I think that patch was in beta for four years. <laughs> what? <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're baking Half-Life 3 into Half-Life 1. Uh, I just, I just want to know what It's going to be Frog is. Fractions 3. I just want to know if there's anything extra in there. I'm sure someone will find out if there is. Yeah. But likely not. Well, we'll talk about it when they do. Yeah. Um, but finally, um, speaking of super old stuff, um, NES emulator apparently already in the Switch. Oh, I didn't know people were getting their own software onto the Switch already. No, the there. Uh, oh, it's already Nintendo, in there? The Nintendo Switch has its own, it has an NES emulator in the firmware. It has the Flog emulator. Interesting. It's in there already. So, uh, the may very well be the the discontinuation of the NES Classic was quite conveniently timed for the release of the Switch. Uh, at the time, we all sort of figured one, it's because Nintendo's useless at manufacturing. Two, they're clearing the way for the Switch to be like the only thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've already fucked that up since we've now got an SNES Classic coming in to compete with it for the holiday. But uh, 
the NES Classic we don't have, and they've got the emulator. So we could be seeing the Virtual Console for <coughs> NES sooner rather than later. But there is no SNES, I mean, or no one has found an SNES hope, or Beyond emulator I hope yet. they just talk about it soon. Like, it was supposed to be at launch, right? And then they're like, it's going to be a while. And then they, you thought, okay, let's talk about it at E3. Nothing. So nope, said not anything. Word. Not a word. There's, there's an interesting side note I'm reading up here. Uh, apparently, when you would download an NES game to the Wii U via Virtual Console, you weren't just downloading a ROM. You would download an emulator for that specific game. With that ROM baked into it. With that ROM baked into it. So uh, they say that the way that the one here on the Switch works, it's different since obviously it's an emulator, so all you would have to do is download the ROMs to it. Interesting. So it's a, a different approach to, to achieving that emulation. People are speculating it also means the game's file size will be a lot smaller, yeah. which will help with the whole Switch debacle and memory. Is there anyone who doesn't have uh, an SD card for their Switch, though? What? Really? Really? Do you buy physical games? How do you I get by? I haven't needed it yet. I have Mario Kart digitally. I have Zelda physically. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I think I think I have ARMS physically, too. Yeah, yeah I have ARMS physically. Yeah, if you, I, I, I don't think I've bought any other major games on it. I bought... I downloaded uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, Puyo Puyo Tetris, don't you? Puyo Puyo Tetris, yep. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious. I would like to see that come for holiday, but I doubt it will since they'll probably be focusing on the SNES Classic, which is a well, physical thing that they unless, can sell. Unless they actually constrain the SNES Classic and end it end its production. Because, I mean, they did kind of the same thing with the NES Classic where it was just out for a limited window, and then they pretty much... Canned it. Right. So right. I think the SNES Classic comes out in September. Am I yes. right? So I, I mean, they could conceivably wrap that up before holiday sales really kick off. That's true, but I get the feeling that that's going to be kind of like the uh, NES Classic. They'll keep it through the holiday period into early next year. I mean, they theoretically kept the NES Classic through the holiday period, but it really wasn't refreshing. Uh, well, I don't know. I ended up, uh, so we, we got one in the office, which was one that Nintendo sent us, but then I ended up buying one in. It was March or April. It was the last restock that Best Buy was ever mm. going to have. And uh, I remember the website, uh, it, it was going to, they were putting the final restock up at like noon. And the broke Best Buy's website because so many people oh, were trying mm -hmm. to get to it. So out of the no office, all five of us were trying to get on there and buy an NES Classic. And I was the only one who did. Mm. And I was like, suck it. And then I ran off into the sunset with my, Tiny, tiny console with its short-ass cord. Short cable. I'm going to block outbound traffic to BestBuy.com when the <laughs> SNES, Classic, SNES Classic launches so I can be the only one to pre-order. You're the worst. <laughs> VPN time. <laughs> once the once the actual like Switch online subscription service kicks in, uh, that includes those free games for like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. So they'll have to have it out by then at least. Maybe. Hmm, that's, so you make a very good point, Ben, although it could also mean that that's what they're using the emulator for and this isn't necessarily a canary about the coming of Virtual Console in any way. Well, thanks for ruining everything. Uh, and that's just sad. Uh, but you know what makes me happy is clean underwear. Uh, so that's why I'd like to thank our, our sponsor, MeUndies. For this episode of Glitch, please. Uh, it is the softest underwear you'll ever wear. They honestly, they really are one of those things you have to try for yourselves because you'll be like, oh, it's nice underwear. Yeah, everyone's got nice underwear. No, these it's, are super soft. It's like soft. virtual reality. You gotta experience it to understand you it. Get that all up on your bits. Um, 
Every pair of MeUndies is sustainably sourced and made from micro-modal. It's a fabric that's three times softer than cotton. If you're used to buying boring underwear, MeUndies is going to change everything because MeUndies come in all kinds of colors and patterns, and they release new limited edition patterns every month, and they always sell out. This month's patterns were designed by the legendary 80s clothing brand, Cross Colors, with names that live up to their bold design and colors, including Increased Deep Peace, You Dig, and the OG. So they're always a lot of fun. Uh, you've got to see them for yourself, and right now you save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com glitch. There's a reason MeUndies has sold over 5 million pairs to date. You'll feel it when you put them on, and if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. So get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping at MeUndies.com glitch. That's MeUndies.com glitch. I love our underwear fairy who always brings us crazy underwear. I've got little green army men undies. I've got like ghost undies. I have ones that say, have a great day. And I, I love wearing them. Hold on. I'm wearing them now. <laughs> how, pretty much half my underwear drawer is me undies now. And it, my entire drawer. Yeah. I think, I think, I'm, gonna, I think I'm gonna try them out. You gotta try. What are you like? A, are you like a briefs, like I'm boxer like, briefs kind of guy? I'm a a boxer brief kind of guy, yeah. yeah. I, I I just ordered the ones on Amazon. They're cheap, but I'll go. I'll try some softer undies. You should go to meundies.com slash glitch. Thanks. Yeah, well, you're going to need all kinds of underwear because I don't know about you, but I will poop myself because Castlevania is out. <laughs> Did you watch it? Yes. Did, Did you, you watch it? Did you watch it? Castlevania, great game. Okay, so Castlevania um, is the new anime series. It's out on Netflix. It just released the first season. It was a tragically short season. It's four episodes, um, and each one was, what, like 30 tw minutes. 20, 30 minutes? So it was not a lot. I felt like... It's like the length of a movie. I, I yes, have... It was movie length. I, I'm not the most stoked about this, and I thought I would be. Okay. How do you Talk feel? Talk to me. Uh, like, you, like you said, it's really short. I don't want to spoil anything. But it was basically like the start of a season. Like, it seemed like there should have been eight more episodes. I feel that way, too. I feel like this would almost be, uh, you know, you a lot of series will kick off with a double episode or like a yeah. double length, something that will set up the premise. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this was an extended version of that. Yeah. So I could see this as having been, being maybe the first two episodes in a longer series. Right. But this was four episodes, and it was the entire season. Uh, so... It's like you got, like, it ends just as they're actually going to start doing stuff. Right. But. Basically build their team, and they're like, all right, let's do it. Roll and credits. nothing happens. But I, I like that it left me one more, like, I want more, and I think that's a good sign. Uh, what did you think about, I, I love the art style. What did you think about the animation? I thought maybe it was a little, like, stilted. Well, so I don't watch a ton of anime, mm -hmm. but uh, I've watched a couple different levels of animation in anime, and I'd say this one falls um, mid, maybe like high mid tier. Okay. Like I felt like the it was beautiful art. They had a lot of going on. It wasn't just like cutouts going across the screen like this. Right. Uh, so it was good that way. Can they make improvements? Sure. But it's you know every season will will get better and better. Do, do either like, you guys look at, like look at the improvements like we made even with Ruby season yeah, by season? It's true. Do either you guys are you, either of you guys familiar with Castlevania's story? Yes. Yes. Okay. How true is this? I'm not. How true? I, I've only played the 3DS games and I didn't care about the story. But this seems like it has the same characters. Is it? 
I, I have not watched the oh, series please. yet, so okay. I, I can't so say anything about the, it. So the, this series, it revolves around, so basically uh, Dracula met a human lady, and like she came and she was like, I want to be a doctor, and you should go out in the world and see stuff and not be a shut-in and, and help people. There's some, and, some weird lines in that, in the, in that first episode. Yeah, uh, but so they fall in love, get married, they have, um, they have their son, um, Alucard, and uh, then the village or the the town strings her up as a witch and burns her. That's right. that's the kickoff. That's the like the premise. That's the first couple minutes of the first episode is setting all that up, uh, and then you uh, cut over to uh, Trevor Belmont, who's the last of the last son of the House of Belmont, right. who's like basically homeless. They've They've been excommunicated it's from the church. They've taken everything away. He's just a drunken vagabond. And so he comes from a long, his family line of monster hunters. And um, he's, you know, he's cool with dying and stuff as long as he kills stuff. And he knows how to kill stuff good. Uh, and he sort of gets roped into helping to save the city, which Dracula has waged war on essentially all humankind for right. killing his wife. Yep. That's the... That's the premise, the setup of this series. Get that. Did, it, did they have any, I mean, has there been any backstory, again, I haven't seen the series, about why they decided to go with Trevor Belmont as a No, they haven't, they haven't mentioned it, except that um, they, so the, the people of, oh God, I'm blanking on the name Grishet? of the region right now. Yeah, the, the town, yeah, the town of Grishet is the one that everyone uh, is, is really like focused on. That's where this takes place, but uh, o o like overall, the church excommunicated his family, uh, basically for being evil. Even though they fight demons right. and monsters, and like they took away their home, they took away everything, and now he's the last one left. So they don't really go into why they chose okay. to go with Trevor, except, I, you know, I, I imagine as you know the last of his line sort of angle. Okay, I felt like early on in the, in the show. The writing had some weird problems, and there was also some weird tonal shifts. Uh, specifically, like the beginning of the show starts with Dracula meeting his wife, and, and that's a weird conversation in itself. But then sh she dies, and it's this really serious moment. And then it cuts to like Trevor Belmont; and he's like a drunken idiot in a bar, and it's like sort of more fun and goofy. But then, like five minutes later, he's a he's a much more serious character, and he's like urging these monks to leave town. And it's like it's like a Serious shift, like I feel like it bounced back and forth a little bit, but it sort of evened out by the end. I think it definitely went like full serious by the last couple episodes, by the last, the second, the third, and fourth episodes. <laughs> yeah, all the the last episodes of the prequel, right? Whatever this is. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit weird, but I also felt like it established uh, his character as being disconnected, really, from everything that was going on. Right. But then getting drawn into it. Right. Again, Ben's telling me the Netflix series based on Castlevania Three. Which would make sense because that's, I think, the, that was the introduction of Trevor Belmont yep. was the first time he appeared in Castlevania 3. Right. So uh, it's, it's now to the point where it's going to be, um, it's going to be Trevor, it's going to be Alucard, and it's going to be, um, what's her name? The magician lady. Yep. And so they're, they're going to be the trio that's taken on Dracula. It does feel like the, the season should have been longer. Like yeah. it should have been, I don't know, I feel like I was double, double the episodes at least. I was, not, but, I was not happy with that first episode. I thought the writing was bad. But then it, it got good 
ish by the fourth episode. I would like more. For me, the big thing was I actually was like, you know what? I'm early on. I'm on Dracula's side. I think it took a little bit far. I, you know, oh, I don't, totally I don't think Dracula's he needed side. to. I don't think he needed. It needs to wage war on all of humankind. But I could. I could see him like if he was just gonna restrict it to maybe like the church that burned her yeah. or like the people that were there and chose to just, do nothing that i can understand but being like all of humankind all, even all, those who had no idea any of this was happening all the jerks all the yeah. jerks yeah no, no more jerks <laughs> no more jerks that'd be Not what season that. two's called <laughs> so yeah it's uh i like sympathizing with villains i like it when they have very believable reasons for doing what they're doing yep. uh, and so i dig that i like breaking bad yeah, and apparently uh, Adi Shankar wants to take on uh, Metroid next. Oh, based well, on what you're saying, maybe they should do some more work in Castlevania first. Yeah. Well, I think they've already greenlit season two for mm. Castlevania, so uh, he will. They will, um, and I think Castlevania is being done like it's a couple of different groups that are working on it, mm. uh, and one of them is I think Fred Raider. Oh, Fred Raider's working on it as well. Um, Adi Shankar, who. Um, uh, He's the one also who did the the gritty um, Power Rangers, one that had Starbuck from uh, uh, from Battlestar Galactica in it. I'm seeing that. It's it's the it's very dark and it's super like it's a really weird take hmm. on Power Rangers and it also uh, it's the one that got DMCA'd almost immediately because they're like, no, you're not <laughs> doing this with R.I.P. Well, what do you think about? <laughs> All the like all, all this now video game things being turned into anime. Uh, I think that what else uh, turned into anime? This and now Metroid is going to be oh, turned into anime. Two things. Well, he wants yes. to tackle wants to tackle. It's, Metroid. Yeah, we'll this is going to become a trend. I don't know. I think that series are a good place for yeah. video games to explore because they are longer form, uh, and you can you know if you wanted to you can equate it to the fact that in a lot of games you go like level to level to level or like mission to mission to mission and there can like there's contained stories within this larger driving narrative. And so series could be a good place for video games. Uh, I don't know that doing a four episode arc that is just your premise set up is sufficient. Right. I think that they need to do you know a bit more than that. But uh, this, like overall, I thought that the, the story was compelling. It was, I liked the graphics, I liked the voice acting. I thought that it was pretty promising. I'm looking forward to more, which is, I think, what you want to come out of that experience with, right? Yeah. My problem is, and I've said this not just, I mean, this is independent of our discussion of Castlevania. I don't understand why people take video games and adapt them to movies or TV shows or other formats. I feel like. Because it's an IP people, it's an IP they can sell to people. Right, but the story's already there, the story's in the video game. Not everyone plays video games. Yeah, but that's like saying but then, why the, would then you? Who, the, the people who are going to watch this theoretically would be people who play the video games. But that's like saying why would you adapt a comic book to a movie? Because the story already exists in the books, comic. Books, books to movie, comic book. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I feel like it's, that's that's different. I, I feel like when video games. I think if to me the reason is video games are the best way to tell the story. I think that the biggest challenge that a lot of video games have is that the protagonist is the least interesting person in a lot of the stories. Mm. Because so many times they're just a blank slate that you drop yourself into and they try not to get in the way too much. Mm. You know, or you get uh, something like, like if you were to take like a Mass Effect where everyone's Shepard is different and they expect you different things from Shepard, then maybe not everyone's gonna be happy with whatever the character 
ends up doing if they don't have a say in it, mm -hmm. as it were. They've already come out and said that the script for season two is already done, and it's going to be eight episodes long. Ooh, eight episodes. Yeah. That's like two episodes. You get four right. hours instead of two. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, right. I mean, I'll take it. Whatever. I, I, the thing is, I, I, I tease, but I will take it. So um, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to see an adaptation that I'm enjoying. Not perfect. Not perfect. I think it has a long way to go. But I want to see video game series do well. I'm very curious what Netflix is going to do with The Witcher. Because this was mm -hmm. a Netflix series. And they've got The Witcher. They're working on that now. The, uh, the composer for the, the Witcher games has already had some meetings. Um, the, the guy who directed, um, who like did the CG, um, like the CG sequences for The Witcher is working on it. I feel like I, The I Witcher think, could I want be, that one to be real good. I feel like The Witcher could be so many, like, so many seasons. Like, a side quest, or not a side, like a, a quest in The Witcher could be a whole season. Like, mm -hmm. if you told the story of the Bloody, is it the Bloody Baron? Yeah, the Bloody Baron in The Witcher series. Like, that could last maybe a season or half a season. Like, there's so much story in there. I don't know how they're going to do it, man. And The Witcher is actually another good example of making transitions. So that one went from book to game. Yeah. Now, it's actually going to go book to show. They're not basing it off the games. They're basing oh, really? it off the books. Yeah. Interesting. So CD Projekt Red officially has nothing to do with it. Uh, cutting out the middleman. I see, I see why. Right. Um, that's uh, was Andrzej Sapkowski. Um, he, uh, he, like, he's working with Netflix directly on it. Uh, but they are pulling in some of the CD Projekt talent, like, like the composer, mm. like the CG director. So I think they're trying to get some of that help because CD Projekt Red did such a great job of adapting it. Uh, and they want to, I'm sure, one, appeal to the people who are fans of the video game mm -hmm. because they, the video games have sold a lot of copies. But two, they just like what they've done with it and they want to make sure that they capture all that. So uh, I feel like it's promising. Maybe Netflix is going to be the place that video game adaptations take off. And I'm all about series. Yeah. Again, do better, but good start. It was all right. It was, it was all right. I li like, there are a lot of things I liked about it. I just want more, which again, good thing. Uh, so, okay, I think I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. hungry. It's, it's early. Have you guys been tired all week? Yeah, it's been hard to escape the post-RTX fatigue. I think, I think maybe it's partially because everyone's fighting off some illness. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. entirely possible. Bring we your got, illnesses from all over the world to yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, we got back in the office and immediately both Mika and Caden were down for the count. Oh, yeah. I think I'm fighting this one off. My immune system's still, like, up and punching because right. uh, I was sick for a couple weeks after E3. So maybe I got all those blood cells still feeling fighty and they're yeah. running around stabbing stuff. Fighty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So hopefully I can give uh, RTX illness a skip. But uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about a whole bunch more stuff. We'll talk about Splatoon 2. We'll talk about some other things that are happening. And we'll talk about news. Maybe we'll talk about underwear you don't know. But until then, stay sexy.